This is Ozarks at Large for Thursday, April 7th, 2022. I'm Timothy Dennis. I'm Kyle Kellams. Ahead, a bounty for taking out invasive species in Fayetteville. Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Froelich tells us about that. And Matthew Moore gets us informed about the return of the Northwest Arkansas startup crawl. Saturday, there will be a walk at Rogers High School to raise awareness about suicide. The Out of the Darkness walk will be led by students and begin Saturday afternoon at 2. Yesterday, we reached Carrie Book, the science academic facilitator at Rogers High School, and two student organizers, Peter Black and McKenna Rogers, to talk about the walk. Carrie says she became involved because of the students. Well, it's an organization that I've volunteered for for a while, so I've been involved with them, and we've had, especially since COVID, I think we've had a lot of students and staff that have struggled with mental health issues. And I know that our district has had a couple of students that died by suicide since I've been here in three years. And I just felt like it's something that needed to be addressed, that needed to be talked about. And the students that are struggling needed to know that they're not alone Mm. and that there's hope. It is um, called Out of the Darkness. It's a campus walk. What will happen on Saturday? So um, we're going to have our pep band that's going to be there playing music. Uh, We'll have an opening ceremony that consists of, uh, we'll have a couple of speakers, a couple of student speakers, and then it's a walk. It's not a race. It's about a two and a half mile walk. We'll start from the football stadium and walk around the campus holding signs. We'll have people out there encouraging the walkers and just leaving messages of, of hope and healing and then afterwards when we get back to the football stadium there's going to be music and games centennial bank is coming out and they're going to grill burgers and hot dogs for everybody this is at rogers high school you are at rogers high the students i'm about to speak to are students at rogers high but this is open beyond people connected with rogers high school Correct. We want everyone to come. We've invited every student in our district. We want everyone in the community. I'd like all of Northwest Arkansas to be here. Do you mind if I talk to the students and ask them a couple questions? No, of course. Here they are. Hi, and what is your name? My name is Peter. Carrie Book said that students were instrumental in putting this together. What did you do to make this walk happen? Uh, I went around and asked several sponsors to help uh, with the event. Um, I I raised over $500. um, And honestly, a lot of us are going to be just helping set up things and, you know, uh, just provide support at the walk to whoever's like the speakers and just to help out with lots of like mechanical things you know, helping clean up afterwards, you know, um, and just getting other people to come out and see everybody come out for the walk. Why do you think it's important to do something like this? I think because, honestly, it just helps people feel less alone, you know, because certainly with the pandemic and everything that's happened because of it, people just feel alone more often. And that's really when, like, people's mental health start to decline in a tight downward spiral. So it's honestly, it just helps people realize that you're not alone and that there are other people who are experiencing maybe the exact same thing you are. Maybe not. Maybe just you're feeling sad today and you wanted to see a smiling face. Or maybe your whole world is crashing around your ears and you want to be distracted from it for a little bit. But At least there's something. At least you're not alone. Okay, so much of the pandemic, I guess you were um, in 10th and 9th grades. Is that right? Uh, 8th grade and 9th grade. I'm sorry, right. 8th grade and ninth grade. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Math was never my strong subject, obviously. Um, (laughs) What what was, I mean, gosh, those were not my easiest years anyway. So what was it like, as much as you want to share, during a pandemic when a lot of the time you were, you know, not as close and able to talk to friends as much as maybe you'd like to? Yeah, it was, honestly, it was really hard for me because I don't really talk to people outside of school very often. And so having there be absolutely no school at all made it so that I didn't talk to anyone at all. Hmm. 
except for a couple close friends and the members of my family. Um, so that was really hard and really took a toll just on all of my relationships. You know, like I came back to school my freshman year out of quarantine and everybody had changed so much and felt like I just wasn't a part of it anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And gosh, it was just so hard to feel like I'd been left behind by all these people that I thought were my friends, you know? And they were, it's just that, you know, over time we grow apart, but after you've been forced to be apart for a really long time, sometimes it's, it's hard to reconnect. Uh, and you, there's a there's a fellow student there that I can talk to? Absolutely. Would you like to talk to her? Yes. Thank you, Peter. Thank you very much for your time. Hello. Hello. Uh, who am I speaking with now? Uh, McKenna Rogers. Hi, McKenna. So a beautiful Saturday in April, when you're getting toward the end of a school year, I can think about a million things I'd want to do. But you're going to be helping put together this walk. What's motivating you? Um, my personally, my goal is to let people know that they like, like what Peter said, that they're not alone, and that there are other people uh, there for you. And what you're feeling is uh, normal, kind of. What What do you think Saturday is going to look like, or sound like, or feel like? I think it's going to be an amazing event and it's going to be a lot of fun for everyone. And, and yeah, it's going to bring awareness to suicide, uh, suicide and everything else with it. I'm just curious because the pandemic was, I don't know anyone who says, boy, the pandemic was a, was an easy thing for me. Um, You might've been in seventh or eighth grade at the time. Was it a challenge to, 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 be not in school for a, a while and to be separated, you know, physically from friends? I personally, like, have never really liked being in school. So mm. I was nice for, like, in the beginning. Right. But it's just not talking to a lot of people. It, like, made me feel, like, alone, kind of, because I was just like, I don't have anyone to talk to anymore. Like, none. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, McKenna, thank you for your time. Can I talk to Carrie one more time, please? Uh, yes, sir. Hey, that's scary. They're both way further along than I was when I was in a freshman or sophomore <laughs> high school. So. I told McKenna, yeah, I, uh, McKenna and I have talked a few times. She's actually going to speak at the event, and I had her write out her speech, and as I was reading through it, I mean, it brought tears to my eyes, and I actually sat down with her and called her mother today Mm -hmm. to tell him that in 40 years, I haven't come as far as she has, Mm -hmm. and she's got such a great outlook and just a grasp on the reality of the world that it took me a lot longer to come to. I'm so incredibly proud of these kids. This has been one of the most meaningful things I think I've done in my life just to see them and to know that they I don't know they they get it and and they want to help they want other people to be involved and to feel like they belong and that's that's what it's all about Carrie thank you so much for your time please pass along to Peter and McKenna how much I appreciate their time and how much I enjoyed speaking with them yeah thank you so much Carrie Book is the science academic facilitator at Rogers High School. We also heard from students Peter Black and McKenna Rogers. The Out of the Darkness Walk is at Rogers High School, Saturday afternoon at 2. This is Ozarks at Large. The city of Fayetteville has placed a bounty on certain invasive shrubs and trees in the city, and bounty hunters will be rewarded. Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Froelich reports. For the fourth year in a row, the city of Fayetteville is offering a bounty on certain invasive shrubs and trees growing on private property. The novel program raises awareness and encourages removal. Invasive plants and tree species threaten Ozark's native habitat. This year, the city has put out a warrant on Tree of Heaven, a rapidly growing, beautiful, spring-blooming deciduous shade tree native to China and Taiwan, But in fall, the tree produces massive clusters of twisted seed pods. John Scott is urban forester for the city of Fayetteville. Yeah, the tree of heaven. Uh, If you've ever seen the seeds that it produces, 
it is an enormous amount of seeds. It's just incredible, but they're a very um, interesting tree. They look a lot like our um, uh, black walnut tree there, except for there's a little notch on the leaf you can tell is the difference, but they're invasive and you'll see them all over town now. Um, those seeds get spread out through the wind, uh, other animals and birds, so yeah, it's become a big problem. Previously, the city placed a bounty on bush honeysuckle, not to be confused with the fragrant native honeysuckle vine, which flourishes on the Ozarks. Invasive bush honeysuckle was introduced in the late 1800s to stabilize early American urban landscapes. The fast-growing, arching East Asian shrub bears small yellowish-white flowers and red berries in fall. The roots of bush honeysuckle produce suckers, which emerge as new bushes on the landscape. Yeah, you can actually see them coming to life right now. They are absolutely starting to leaf out before everybody else, and that's kind of one of the things that makes them an invasive. Um, they're going to try to outcompete other natives by kind of shading them out from getting that sun. When you go out into the woods, you should be able to see a good, you know, at least 100 feet out into the woods if it's a healthy woods. But with um, bush honeysuckle, oftentimes you can't see, you know, more than 10 feet because that whole understory is just completely covered. Last year, the city placed a bounty on invasive Chinese privet. Privet is uh, the third on our invasive species bounty list, and it is another one that's very similar to bush honeysuckle. It's very aggressive, and it gets in your wood. It's, it is one of the tough ones to get rid of. It just it takes over an area, and it's very hard to get rid of, but you can do it. The very first year of Fayetteville's invasive tree and shrub bounty program, the city picked Bradford pear trees. The super popular fast-growing ornamental tree is a Chinese cultivar of the wild thorny calorie pear. First introduced in America last century, Bradford pear trees are the first to bloom in spring, yielding dense snowy white blossoms, producing brilliant foliage come fall. They were brought in the 1980s and 1990s is when they were the most popular. Everybody was using them and planting them everywhere. But the pretty Bradford pear trees are susceptible to storm damage, and the blossoms stink, attracting pollinating flies. Bradford pears, despite their name, only bear tiny, hard fruit, inedible to humans, but relished by birds. The birds disperse the seed, which easily sprout, those trees reverting back to their Asian calorie cousins. And in wild places, including in Fayetteville, produce brambly, thorny thickets. Yeah, colonies uh, would be a great accurate term for that as they do create a, a big colony. We have some along our trails, too, that are uh, a little bit of alarming and I'd like to get to help with, especially north of uh, Mount Kessler on the bike trail. Um, you can see some in the fields just uh, maybe a quarter mile north of uh, Mount Kessler on the trail. So what's the best way to remove invasive shrubs and trees while getting some free physical exercise? Well, the best way um, is to try to get them up by the roots. And if you if they're too big, you might have to hire somebody to bring them in and, and take the removal, especially like a Bradford pear. Um, you know, just be very careful removing the trees themselves. If you're not good with a chainsaw or it's close to the house or whatever, would rather you hire a professional to take care of that. Don't risk yourself. But um, the privet and the honeysuckle, you can hand pull, especially the smaller ones. They come up pretty easy. In the spring, right now when it's wet, is a great time to pull them up. Um, they pull up a lot easier. And there's other tools you can get that will help pull those, like a polar, it's called a polar bear and it's this leverage tool that's um, really good at grabbing it by the base of the trunk, and then you put your weight into it, and it pulls the whole root system up. It's a pretty good tool. And those who remove invasives will be rewarded, Scott says. Yeah, we are going to give um, no money, and no money for you at all, but we will give you a free native plant. Scott takes us out to the nursery to show us a small forest of contained native trees ready to be given away. So we have a couple of different species of oaks here. Um, oaks are really good to have in your yard. They can host up to 420 different species of moth and butterflies. So they're excellent uh, to have in your yard. We also have some dogwoods. We have two varieties 
of dogwood. We have the Cherokee Brave, which has a beautiful, beautiful pink bloom on it. And then we have the traditional white um, dogwood that you'll see out in the woods. So that's, uh, that's one of the other trees that we have. And then we have uh, pawpaw, of course. Uh, everybody loves a pawpaw tree. Um, and they have the fruit that's become wildly popular in Northwest Arkansas. I could give away pawpaws all day long. People love them. Inside the shop is a truckload of potted three-gallon native shrubs just arrived for the giveaway. But yeah, we have our Itea uh, virginiana, which is little Henry's sweet spire, and it just has this really beautiful little white uh, bloom on it, and it, it is a great smelling shrub, and the pollinators, it's, it's attracted to a lot of different pollinators. I got Father Gilla, which is another one that's got a beautiful bloom and it smells good. It's got this white little round spiky bloom that's just beautiful. Um, and it's another one that's very attractive to uh, pollinators. Uh, another native, these are all natives. I have Ruby Spice Summer Sweet. I have two different varieties. One is called Ruby Spice and it's uh, a red bloom on it. And um, the other one is a, it's called Vanilla Spice and it's a white, white blooming. Um, some are sweet, and they, those are known for the smell. Um, very strong smellers, and they're, they're really beautiful shrub, and they're really great shrub. And then we have the viburnums, which is one of my favorites. Um, this is a white, white, white viburnum. Most of them, I think, are white viburnums, but um, it's called summer, or snowflake, I think is what it's called. And it's uh, really beautiful white blooms on it. It's a great, hardy, all-around shrub that'll they're just tough as nails, and they, they're really good to have in your yard. To qualify, residents are asked to send a photo of the removed invasive shrub or tree to urbanforestry at fateville-ar.gov. Include your name, address, and phone number. The limit is one tree or shrub per household while supplies last. Available for pickup through April 15th at the Parks Department on Happy Hollow Road in Fayetteville. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Jacqueline Froelich. Tomorrow night will be the return of the Northwest Arkansas Startup Crawl in downtown Fayetteville, presented by Startup Junkie. Ozarks at Large's Matthew Moore sat down with Caleb Talley, the executive director of Startup Junkie Foundation, to learn more about the event. The Startup Crawl is Arkansas's startup party, the largest entrepreneurial event in the state and probably even the South if we exclude Texas. <laughs> and we like to exclude Texas Absolutely. Here in Arkansas. That's the plan. Um, it is uh, one of the most reasonably, reasonably priced beer buffets you'll ever find um, in which you can also meet with, connect, uh, and network with some of the most innovative minds in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, this is your fourth uh, your fourth version of this, the 2021 version, was postponed. What does it mean to actually get back to face-to-face -face with this community specifically? It's super exciting. It's a ton of work um, that you almost forget how much work goes into something like this, planning all the different facets of it. But it's so rewarding, and it will be so rewarding come Friday when we have the opportunity to see our space filled with so many people uh, so many people that we haven't been able to see in so long, um, connecting with the entrepreneurs that we have the pleasure of uh, working with uh, on a regular basis and, and getting to see those people engage with these new ventures and these new ideas that they might not even have known was in their own backyard. What can people expect when they show up uh, to Startup Crawl? Uh, what, you know, do they need to come fed? Do they need to come imbibed? What, what kind of expectations should people have for this? Well, they can expect for the line not to be as long as it was in 2019 because we will have two check-in tables this <laughs> That's time. That's great. We, we live, we learn. Um, we will, uh, they can expect to uh, engage with about 10 stops uh, along the crawl, kind of, you know, think pub crawl, but uh, these are organizations or, or small businesses that are uh, or startups that are walkable um, from the Fayetteville Square. Um, each of those stops is paired with a brewery. And so if you're a paid ticket holder, you'll get a cup and a wristband. And with that cup, you're able to go around and sample some of the amazing local craft breweries that we have that will be exhibiting uh, alongside those businesses. Um, they'll also be, it can expect to engage with uh, upwards of 40 uh, startups that will be exhibiting um, in the Prior Center or the Town Center Plaza or uh, even at the Brewer Hub. And they don't have to come fed because we'll have a handful of food trucks as well. 
That's fantastic. Who ought to come to this? Are we talking, uh, you know, budding entrepreneurs? Are we talking people who are just looking to make connections? Are we talking just local beer enthusiasts? Who are the sort of folks who ought to come? All to this? the above. All the above. Anyone, whether you're a student and you're just interested in entrepreneurship, uh, maybe you're looking for uh, career opportunities in the startup world, bring a resume. I've seen people do that before. It's very interesting. It's a cool way to kind of uh, engage in that way. Um, If you're an investor and you're looking to invest in early stage companies, if you uh, are a beer enthusiast, of course, uh, because our breweries are small businesses as well, um, we've got a little bit of something for everyone. We'll have four bands playing across two stages through the evening as well Um, and hopefully we'll have great weather and it'll just be a great opportunity to get out in public and you know feel normal again yes absolutely what is this going to set people back so a ticket uh, to the crawl until the day of is $30 and so with that $30 you do get you know, uh, your souvenir cup and, uh, you get to drink as much as you're willing to, um, as long as supplies last. So you can drink $30 worth or, you know, you can fleece us and drink a hundred dollars worth if you think you can. (laughs) Um, we're not encouraging that drink responsibly. Um, and on the day of it'll be 35. Where can people find out more information about who's going to be there, what bands are going to be there? Where can people find more information about that? Startupjunkie.org. There will be a tab at the top to where you can get a ticket or uh, get more information. Caleb Talley is the executive director of Startup Junkie Foundation. Caleb, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Ozarks at Large is Matthew Moore talking with Caleb Talley, who is the executive director of Startup Junkie Foundation. Ahead on Ozarks at Large, when music and Aroma combined. Leah Uribe's latest exploration of music, Sound Perimeter, concentrates on musical aroma. That's in about 20 minutes on Ozarks at Large. Ozarks at Large is underwritten, in part, by the Walton Family Charitable Support Foundation. The University of Arkansas Department of Political Science offers political science and public administration and nonprofit studies graduate programs. Both programs train the next generation of local, state, national, and global leaders in the public, nonprofit, and private sectors. Applications for fall 2022 and graduate assistantships are available for qualified applicants. plsc.uark.edu for more information. And don't forget, any story you hear on Ozarks at Large can be shared through social media or email. Just go to ozarksatlarge.com and find the links associated with each story and interview and share as you like. Time now for today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal report. I'm Paul Gatling. Bentonville think tank Heartland Forward has released a new report ranking the country's most dynamic metropolitan regions. We will discuss Northwest Arkansas's ranking on that list on today's program. And we'll also have a conversation with Dr. Victoria DeFrancesco Soto. She is the new dean of the University of Arkansas Clinton School of Public Service in Little Rock. And the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville announces an important hire to lead the Office of Economic Development. Those stories are on the way next on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report is provided by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. ArkansasStateChamber.com Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield For more than 70 years, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield has used its knowledge and compassion to create healthcare solutions for individuals and businesses. More information at ArkansasBlueCross.com. First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. First Security, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Dr. Victoria DeFrancesco Soto, the new dean of the University of Arkansas Clinton School of Public Service, is no stranger to politics, political science, or public service. She comes to the Clinton School from the LBJ School of Public Affairs at the University of Texas at Austin. Approaching her first 100 days in charge of the Little Rock-based campus, 
She sees a great base of success and hopes to build on it. Roby Brock caught up with DeFrancesco Soto for a conversation on a recent episode of Talk Business and Politics. You are close to 100 days into your uh, tenure as the dean of the Clinton School, and um, I trust that Dean Rutherford left it in pretty good condition for you, but give me an assessment of what you have walked into and what you've kind of found in your first almost 100 days. Well, to that point about um, Skip, he left an incredibly strong foundation upon which I can write the next chapter of, of the Clinton School. And in the almost three months that I have been here, um, a lot of what I've done is just listen. We have an incredible faculty, an incredible staff, a student body that I just fell in love with, and hearing what they need and how they want to push the school forward. So a lot of that first 100 days was taken up in terms of listening. Taking stock of everything they told me, I've charted out a couple of paths with our leadership team, with our faculty. Uh, for example, we're going to start two new certificate programs. So we have a, a fantastic Master's of Public Service, which, by the way, was the first in the country. But we also hear that students want to focus on data sciences, program evaluation, and get that expertise noted in their transcripts, in their, in their resumes, as well as communications and leadership for social change. So those are two exciting uh, events, as well as a couple of new hires. Uh, we have two new faculty members that will be joining us in the fall. Uh, we also are going to be kicking off an admitted student weekend. This is the first ever time where the students we've admitted to the Clinton School will be coming. And this is our opportunity to show off because I think, Roby, we have so much richness here in Little Rock. And once students, prospective students come and they see what a great city Little Rock is and what a great institution the Clinton School is, then we're able to pull them in and, and get the best and the brightest here at the Clinton School. It sounds like from uh, some of what you mentioned there, um, Skip Rutherford had told me upon uh, his leaving the post that he really hoped that the next dean would would bring some more academic rigor to the uh, to the program, that to the school, to raise it to a higher level. It sounds like that that's what you're instituting. But uh, the Clinton School is also known for its project-based work. And tell me what you think might change or elevate uh, in terms of uh, public service projects. We want to expand upon this. I mean, this is really the crown jewel in our program and what sets us apart from peer institutions that we have an in-depth service learning component. Close to 50% of our credit hours are in the field where you're not just thinking, but you're doing and you're putting both of those together. So in terms of pushing that out, we want to be able to recruit more partners, both here locally, regionally, but also given this virtual world that you know we have seen open up because of the pandemic, is also open up opportunities to do practicums with folks across the country. Uh, our international service project is one of the strongest suits of the school. We wanna push that farther out. And so it's a matter of getting these new faculty members and immersing them in this, because here's, here's the, the fact about the Clinton School. We're a high touch program and we pride ourselves in the faculty to student ratio. You're not going to a school where the incoming class is 150 students where you get lost in the crowd. We're a smaller boutique school and I wanna own that. I don't wanna go up to those high numbers. I wanna stay at a concentrated number where we can have that faculty interaction, shepherding the students through these rich relationships with community partners where they're learning while they're doing. I'm not asking you to pick sides here, but you did come from the LBJ school um, before this post right here. Tell me what a Clinton school graduate is going to have in terms of an advantage over, say, a graduate from uh, the LBJ school or from the Kennedy school or from, uh, from one of the other programs you compete against. What's going to be a differentiator for a Clinton school graduate? Oh, Robbie, you're going to get me in trouble with uh, <laughs> with my colleagues and my friends, but that's okay. Uh, essentially, our toolkit is a lot broader. Uh, public affairs, uh, public policy, public management is a lot more of a, of a funnel into government or into nonprofits. And, and trust me, we do a lot of that 
here at the Clinton School, a lot of our alumni, and that's wonderful and that's great. But a public service degree is a little bit broader. It gives you a toolkit to be able to go into the business world, go, you know, within the medical profession. We have a lot of joint public health degrees. So it's not as focused on just kind of the the governmental sector, but it's saying, here's a toolkit on landscape analysis, on impact evaluation, go. Whatever that calling is, you know, we have one of our Clinton School alum who helped found a bank here in Arkansas. We have alumni who work in social corporate responsibility. So it's that broader piece that sets us apart. But I I come back to the earlier topic of the field learning, where we take you out of the classroom. You're not as much in the classroom as you would be at an LBJ or at a Syracuse. You're outside, even though I consider that a classroom in and of itself. And so I think that's really the distinguishing marker of the Clinton School. That is Dr. Victoria DeFrancesco Soto, Dean of the University of Arkansas Clinton School of Public Service. She was speaking with Roby Brock on a recent episode of Talk Business and Politics. And that program airs each Sunday morning at 1030 on CBS affiliate KFSM TV Channel 5. In other news this week, Mike Malone is the new Vice Chancellor for Economic Development at the University of Arkansas. Malone spent the past six years heading up community and corporate affairs for the Walton-led Runaway Group in Bentonville. Before that, he spent a decade as president and CEO of the Northwest Arkansas Council. Malone will begin the new job April 18th. And Northwest Arkansas remains one of the top metro regions in the country, according to a new report from Heartland Forward. The Bentonville Think Tank released its annual Most Dynamic Metropolitans report this week. It ranks 384 U.S. metros. Heartland Forward says the report ranks and analyzes which metros are making themselves more resilient and moving toward better economic futures for their residents. Northwest Arkansas ranks number 21. Central Arkansas, which is the state's largest metro, ranked 220. And the Fort Smith Metro, the state's third largest, ranked 347. For those stories and more, visit nwabusinessjournal.com, where you can follow our reporting each and every day. I'm Paul Gatling, and that's the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening. All right, time to talk live music, Timothy. All right, Kyle. Let's start with tomorrow night. Kingfish in Fayetteville. They are going to host the next in the series of concerts presented by Black Fret and House of Songs. Nice. This concert, they are featuring actually the first artist from our Lunch Hour series, Bang. KUAF's own Jasper Logan. Fantastic. And the artist who is actually performing this month's Lunch Hour earlier in the day Friday, Old Man Saxon. To go and go, OG for the low, baby. You can roll, yeah. Tell you what I know, yeah. About to go, go, yeah. So it's gonna be Oman Saxon, Bang, and Jasper Logan at Kingfish. Kingfish. Friday night. Okay. It is a free show. Gets underway at 8 o'clock. Again, that is at Kingfish in downtown Fayetteville. Also happening in Fayetteville tomorrow night, Smoke and Barrel Tavern is going to have a rock and roll show featuring the touring band Dots. They are on the road from Atlanta. They will get local support from Rings and Garden Snakes. For that show is $5 at the door. That'll get underway at about 9 o'clock tomorrow night again at Smoke and Barrel in Fayetteville. Dots. Dots. D-O-T-S. Whatever happened to, what was that future ice cream? <laughs> Dippin' Dots? Yeah. Is that still around? I haven't been to the mall in a while, so okay. I, I couldn't tell you. All right. Moving on. Still in Fayetteville Friday night, Mount Sequoia Center is going to have a show featuring Cliff Avenue. It's presented by Music Moves. 
uh, it's the star of the Music on the Mountain series for the year at Mount Sequoia. Cliff Avenue, he's kind of more of an R&B artist. That gets underway at 6.30 tomorrow evening at Mount Sequoia Center in Fayetteville. So when they say Mount Sequoia Center, which building? Uh, it's an outdoor show, actually. Oh, well, that makes sense. So okay. you can bring your lawn chairs. It's BYOB. Fantastic. Or your own dinner, like okay. whatever you want to okay. do. Okay. And that's free, you say? It's free. Oh, wow. Moving on, tomorrow night up in Bentonville, Bike Rack Brewing Company is going to have a show, a rock and roll show, featuring The Rumors and Modeling. They just did the last lunch hour. Right. It was a great show. If you didn't get a chance to be here for that, you can find it on our YouTube page. That show at Bike Rack Brewing in Bentonville Friday night, though, that gets underway at 6.30 p.m. Happening down in Fort Smith tomorrow night, Majestic is going to have a contemporary Texas country show featuring Cody Hibbard. A little more lover than a labor. A little more fine, the real thing, and just a thing. I'm a little more lyric than I am rhythm. A little more tree stand prayer than back. Tickets for that show are $12 today. They go up to $15 tomorrow. That gets underway at 8.30 tomorrow night at the Majestic in Fort Smith. Jumping ahead to Saturday, Georgia's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville is going to have Ace Carl on stage. Here I am standing in the desert with a gun. Thought I'm going ill, but I'm too afraid to run. So I got myself a new plan. Stealing from the Taliban. Make a little money, turning poppies into heroin. Sergeant didn't like it, so they put me in a hole. I said, is he shooting when they don't know where to go? Threw me on a lily pad, sent me home to no red. I knew I'd be in trouble, but I... If you want to see that show, you should probably buy your tickets now because last I checked, they were running low. Good to know. Tickets are $20 today. They go up to $22 on Saturday if they still even exist. And that show gets underway at 8.30 Saturday evening at George's in downtown Fayetteville. Happening in East Fayetteville Saturday night, Mojo's East is going to have the odds on stage. As you and I had been talking earlier this week, I have a connection to so many of those guys in the band. Yeah, yeah. That's a free show at Mojo's East. That gets underway at 7 o'clock Saturday evening. Again, at Mojo's East, kind of Mission and Crossover right. area in Fayetteville. Happening at Nomad's Trailside Saturday evening, they're kind of having a folk country-ish show featuring Whiskey Outlaws, Trainwreck, and Dominic Brian Roy. Keep those words on coming so people keep coming around And whatever we write, it cannot be erased So we'll write a song that gets better with do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do And I'll try the best, the best that I can do That show gets underway at 8 o'clock Saturday evening at Nomad's Trailside in Midtown Fayetteville. Happening in Eureka Springs Saturday evening, God Hole Brewing is going to have Brian Copeland on stage. He's a guitarist and singer-songwriter from the Springfield area. He has another band that kind of bends genres called Luna J. That show gets underway at 6 o'clock Saturday evening, again at Gotthold Brewing in Eureka Springs. 
Then down at Fort Smith Saturday night, they're having a an evening of country music at Temple Live featuring Frank Foster, Crawford and Power, and Dylan Earl. If you'll understand how the highway can take a few things from a man. A few more nights at home, a few loves and a few dreams. In a few good years, Lord, it seems. Tickets for that show start at $20. That gets underway at 8 o'clock Saturday evening at Temple Live down in Fort Smith. And then Sunday night, here in Fayetteville, Walton Arts Center is going to have one of my all-time favorite bands, Tower Power. So you want to jump out your trick bag and ease on into hip bag, but you ain't just exactly sure what's hip. lot of music they put out a lot of music and really kind of i wouldn't say that there is an oakland sound but if there is one they definitely made it and, and they'll be in bomb walker yeah right? they're in yeah. bomb walker it's a big big show tickets for that show start at 29 dollars. go up from there that gets underway at seven o'clock sunday evening again at walton arts center in fayetteville speaking of bomb walker so tuesday night i went to see trevini mm-hmm Blew you away? Oh my gosh! It was just ninety minutes of straight music, mm. and it was it was just fantastic. That's and everyone ideal. there had an amazing time. That is great to hear. I don't know if that will ever be an opportunity for us in Northwest Arkansas again, because this was the first ever tour of those three particular mm. musicians. If you ever get the chance, you got to go. That's the beauty of where we live, though. Is yeah. we see a lot of these once in a lifetime things, and even though we may not see Truvani again. There will be another Keep thing your coming eyes to blow open. your mind. You're right. Hey, Timothy, thank you so much. Hey, thank you, Kyle. The Lunch Hour, KUAF's monthly concert series, continues Friday, April 8th, with music by Old Man Saxon and lunch from Ott Soul. Registration is required and masks are recommended. KUAF.com for more information. The Lunch Hour February performance is available for viewing on KUAF's YouTube page. The Lunch Hour is sponsored by George's Majestic Lounge Happy Hour Concerts, a Fayetteville tradition for over 40 years. More at georgeslive.com. Support for KUAF comes from Malco Theaters, offering reserved seating at the Rogers Cinema Grill, Springdale Cinema Grill, and Razorback Cinema Grill and IMAX Theater in Fayetteville. Showtimes, tickets, and more information available at malco.com or the Malco app. One more quick thank you to everybody who supports KUAF and Ozarks at Large. Whether you're a longtime sustaining supporter, whether you gave last week during our spring on-air fundraiser, or maybe you just made a contribution earlier today at supportkuaf.com, thank you. We literally wouldn't be here without you. Uribe, associate professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. We open Sound Perimeter today with the flower duet from Leo Delip opera Lacme, in the voices of acclaimed singers soprano Sabine Deviel and mezzo-soprano Marianne Crebasa. The flower duet is one of the most popular pieces of classical music, not only because of its beauty, but also because of its use in popular culture, from commercials to movies. 
The opera Lakme is set in British India during the mid-19th century and tells the unfortunate love story of Lakme, the daughter of a Brahmin high priest and Gerald, a British army officer. The flower duet happens in the first act of the opera when Lakme and her servant are collecting flowers by the river. This duet calls for us to smell the roses, jasmines, and lotuses immersed in a simple spring scene by a shore surrounded by birds and sunlight. That was a very famous flower duet from Leo de Lief's opera Lacme, sang by soprano Sabine de Vielle and mezzo-soprano Marianne Crebassa, and accompanied by the Sickles Orchestra under the baton of François-Javier Roth. American composer Viet Quong wrote Electric Aroma in 2017, inspired by a line from Pablo Picasso's poetry. I knew Picasso as a painter, a sculptor, printmaker, ceramicist, and stage designer, and one of the greatest and most influential artists of the 20th century and the creator of the Cubism art movement, but knew little about his poems. Kwong, American composer born in 1990, writes a tango-sounding piece based on Picasso's line from 1936 that reads, Quote, an electric aroma, a most disagreeable noise. The name of this piece is Electric Aroma. For this wild work, Kwong uses electronic-inspired sounds translated to saxophone, clarinet, piano, and percussion. Thank you. 
That was the beginning of Viet Quang's Electric Aroma, performed by Dylan Ward saxophone, Michael McFerry clarinet, Phoebe Wu piano, and Matthew Kwon percussion at the 8 Blackbird Creative Lab in 2017. Called alluring and wildly inventive by the New York Times, Viet Quang's music has been performed on six continents by a number of soloists and ensembles. Eight Blackbird and Viet Quang will be visiting the University of Arkansas Music Department this coming week. See more information on the show notes. Music can take us to weird places, from flower fragrances to electric scents. I hope today's music took you to places beyond sounds, through your nose and your imagination. This is Leah Uribe, Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. Sound Perimeter is a segment dedicated to diverse voices in and around music. I hope it will expand your knowledge and connection to inclusive sounds and let music infiltrate your lives and transform your realities. See you soon. Tomorrow on Ozarks, the inaugural SoulCon is taking place this week in Fayetteville. Ozarks at Large's Rachel Sanchez-Smith will report on the conference for BIPOC Media and Journalism on tomorrow's show at noon and 7 p.m. on KUAF. Historic Cane Hill hosts the Smithsonian Exhibition Habitat, opening Saturday, April 16th at 10 a.m. This free outdoor experience features exhibits and sculptures throughout the campus each exploring how protecting habitats protects life within the Ozark landscape. HistoricCaneHillAR.org for more information. This is 91.3 FM, KUAF, Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Bentonville, and Cloud Creek, Oklahoma. Contributors today included Matthew Moore, Jacqueline Froelich, Leah Uribe, and Paul Gatling. Timothy produced today's show inside the Harold and Blanchcock News Studio. He also produced today's Sound Perimeter. And Stephanie Brock produced today's edition of the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. And the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report comes to us through our partnership with Talk Business and Politics. Our theme is written and performed by Daryl Sean. That's right. And don't forget, if you ever miss an edition of Ozarks at Large, we're available as a free podcast. You can download from wherever you already get your podcasts. From the, oh, hey, tomorrow, Timothy, big, big doings here at uh, the Carver Center for Public Radio. Yeah, the next edition of the Lunch Hour will have Old Man Saxon in our lobby starting around noon. Maybe we'll see you here at the Carver Center for Public Radio. From the Harold and Blanchcock News Studio, I'm Kyle Kellams. And I'm Timothy Dennis. Thank you so much for being with us today. Take care of yourself. Rest. Be well. We'll visit again very soon.